0: You're listening to Halford and Bruff. There's
1: <laughs> a pass in front, top of the crease, rebound, they score! Jenner with the first chance, it fell right to Zach Werensky. Mr. Wembley, it happened again. Control, left circle, around Stelman, behind the net, wrap around, he scores! Oh, 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 And here's a two-on-one the other way for the Blue Jackets. Chinnikov across to Gavrikov, he scores! If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. Good morning, Vancouver, 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford, it is at it is Sportsnet at 6.50. We are coming to you live from the Kintex Studios In beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver, Jason. Good morning. Good morning. A dog. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, Laddie. Good morning. Hello. 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 Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today, Jason. Before we get into another scintillating night of Vancouver Canucks hockey, please tell the people about Kintec in the Kintec studios.
0: We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net.
1: The Dunbar Lumber text message in basket is not as angry as it was yesterday. The sea was not as angry, my friends. But I feel like that will change over the course of the next three hours as we dig into, (laughs) that's right, another Vancouver Canucks loss. Those plucky Vancouver Canucks, they're out there setting history night after night. And they did it again last night with another blown multi-goal lead. Four in a row to start the season. But the Canucks did get a point. We'll ask the big questions. Is that good enough? The answer is no. Has the ship been righted? Also no. We get into all that today. But before we do any of that, we do have a good lineup of guests coming on the program today. We'll be hockey heavy, although we will dive into baseball today. 6.30 David Amber from Sportsnet is going to join us. Uh, We'll go around the NHL. Big night last night. Lots of games. Lots of stuff to pour through. Uh, 7.30, Andy McCullough. He is the national MLB writer for the Athletic. So, the American League Championship Series is set. Kudos to the New York Yankees. They beat the Guardians last night. No rest for the weary because of the rain delay. They go tonight against Houston. So, you've got the ALCS and the NLCS tonight. The Padres and Phillies game, too. The Padres got one hit last night. Mm Mm-hmm. One hit in the baseball game. I blame those dancing guys and the 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 rapping. What is it? What was that rap? Yeah. Calling it rap is generous. Yeah, but it's also a song. Fairly accurate. Um, I don't know how to describe them. Right? Has I,
0: everyone seen it by now? Does everyone know what we're talking like about? It. It's just feels a bunch like...
1: of middle-aged dudes kind of sing rapping about their love of the Padres. Cruz,
2: mm-hmm. that's what's
1: in. Give Philly no slack and send them back. That's what's in. That's fire! I take yeah. it back. Those guys are good. It should be uh, part of our intro. We'll just play that for Andy McCullough when he comes on. Just be like sure. hey, Andy talk sure. about the rapping dads. What he'll, are they all? What he'll are hang up team? right away. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Uh, eight oh five, not eight o'clock. Eight oh five. Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own, is going to join us. Uh, he will join us from Minnesota. Where the Canucks are now going to try and salvage whatever's left of this road trip, ladies and gentlemen, they get a chance on Thursday night, in Minnesota. So that's what's happening. Finish
0: strong, it. gotta finish strong.
1: Yeah, you can get three points out of the trip.
0: Who was that uh, CNN guy, Vin Celini? Didn't he always say finish strong? Yes. Yeah.
1: What a random pull. We always that say that dumb.
0: on the we always say that on the golf course, right? If we're having a terrible round, but we're right. on eighteen, I'm like, all right, guys, let's finish strong and
1: get in under a hundred. I can't stop thinking about Vince Celini <laughs> now. That's, yeah, that's in my mind. Um. As for what's on the tube tonight, good baseball night, obviously, two games. Phillies, Padres game two, Yankees-Astros game one, 12, 12 NBA games. I got laughed at yesterday when I mentioned for 15 seconds that the NBA season was tipping off. But uh, 12 games tonight, that will be very exciting with the Raptors getting their season underway. Uh, The Raptors show also on Sportsnet 650, as many of you have found out. Uh, NHL tonight, just three games, Philly and Florida, Winnipeg and Colorado, Uh, the Kraken take on the Blues, and Premier League, if you want to watch something this afternoon. Tottenham and Man U, that's a big one. Two big six teams. Anyway, that's what's happening on the program today. As much as it pains me to do this, let's once again tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I our... was. We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? What It was one of my favorite players, Vladislav Gavrikov, with the winner last night for the Columbus Blue Jackets as they won 4-3 in overtime over the Vancouver Canucks. So just to recap, that is the Canucks' fourth consecutive loss, although this one was in overtime, not in regulation. And it was the fourth consecutive game that the Vancouver Canucks held a multi-goal lead. It was one of the 2-0 variety this time, only to blow it. Canucks lose 4-3 on Tuesday night. In Columbus, it was Columbus's first victory of the season. Yay! Great for them. The Vancouver Canucks got a single solitary point in Spencer Martin's first start of the year. Uh, There were some lineup changes. There were some notable scratches. But at the end of the day, despite all these things being different, including Tyler Tyler Myers and Ilya Mikheyev making their season debuts, the results were almost practically the same. Another game, another blown lead, and another L. I'm done.
0: Yeah, the reaction in the Dunbar Lumber text line, is, there, don't get me wrong, there's some anger, but there's also just some, what are you going to do? Kevin from Kwikwetlem, do I, do? I, don't, I don't even know if I can get mad anymore. As the collapse happened twice last night, all I could do was laugh at what truly embodied Canuck luck. Another text in, happy Groundhog Day, lads. Uh, That's directed to me. Karn texts in, hey, guys, can you start running the draft simulator? Daily in the mornings needs something to look forward to this year. Um, And then a more kind of serious one, another serious one. This one's actually from Kevin from Coquitlam again. We should judge this team based on their actions and their own statements from the beginning of the season. The new regime has doubled down on the old core for whatever reason. They've been here for 10 months and only made perimeter changes. They all said it's playoffs or bust. This is the benchmark of how we judge them. Kevin, speaking of what people said and how we should judge them, J.T. Miller, Mm. after he signed his contract extension, and Mike and I talked about J.T. Miller and how impressed we were with his words. So far, unfortunately, though we were impressed with J.T. Miller's words after he signed that contract extension – We have not been impressed with his actions because Mm. some of his words, when he spoke about um, how happy he was to sign with the Canucks, one of the things he said he needed to do was get better in his own end. And what we saw last night was uh, the opposite of better in his own end. Uh And defensively, you know, we all knew that JT Miller probably wasn't ever going to win a Selkie trophy. We weren't expecting that of him he had 99 points last season we all know his you know his main skill is offense right and he did that very well last year defensively this season though even though he does have a few points it has been actually wild to see and it's not like he's trying too hard you know it's not like he's skating around like crazy losing his man you know, I remember um, Kevin Bieksa would say that his coaches, and I think one of the coaches was Rick Bonus, would tell Bieksa, like, you get in trouble when you chase the play too much. Well, JT Miller was not chasing the play yesterday. He was standing still and watching the play.
1: My, yeah, he's Minus four on the year now, for those of you that care about that statistic. Or not. I lost track of how many goals in total he's been on for. I remember when he was on for the first eight, right? And he, and he got really frustrated in the post-game analysis. And then after that, I, I've lost count because there's been so many goals. But it's still a, a minimum of one or two per night. I, I, it's a guy that right now, um, frustrations are boiling over. And, and for JT Miller in particular, a guy that does play with emotion plays on tilt, frustration never seems to be a good fuel for him. There's certain emotions that are good fuel like they'll spurn you on to do st- stuff but frustration for him it almost seems like it it, it manifests itself more like it, it gets worse before it gets better
0: well I, I don't know what it did to him last night it can can frustration paralyze you
1: possibly just i'm just saying it it doesn't bring out the best
0: did you see the did you see Columbus's first goal so the Canucks uh surprise surprise had a lead uh they're up 2-0 and on Columbus's first goal listen i'm i'm not going to only say that JT Miller was bad on this play, but one of the things he said was, i got to stop puck watching in my own end. Right, And if you watch the replay on that, the Blue Jackets were all in motion in their own end. There were guys diving in from the point. There was a rotation going on in the offensive end because that's what teams do in the offensive end. They don't just stand there. So it's important for all the players on the ice really to kind of like have your head on a swivel and, and and make sure like maybe one of your teammates also isn't in position. You might have to cover for that teammate. Um, You know, and JT Miller, all he was doing was staring at the puck and making sure that his man was generally not going to score. Mm-hmm. All the while you've got a winger in Kuzmenko that's still learning defensively and he kind of lost his point, man. So, You know, add it all up, and and am I sitting here and going, like, that whole goal was JT Miller's fault? No. But if you haven't seen the replay, go look at it. He just isn't engaged at all defensively. Mm -hmm. And when I posted the, the clip on Twitter, people replied with, like, yeah, that wasn't the only time he looked like that. Right. Right? So the question now becomes, well, there's two questions. What's going on? And we can't answer that. Number two, what can the coach do about it? Because JT Miller, again, he was on a line yesterday with Kuzmenko, who's a rookie trying to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Learn Trying to learn defensively. And Mikheyev, who was making his Canucks debut. And let's face it, the Canucks might have rushed him back. They might have rushed Tyler Myers back mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. They were desperate. They had to do something. Yeah. So they made those changes. Try to say, yep. So – JT Miller really had to be the responsible adult out there. And he wasn't. And so if you can't trust this guy as a center right now, then is it time for Bruce Boudreau to throw him back on the wing? Because your center has to be your most defensive forward on the line. That's just how hockey works. It's just how hockey works. You cannot be that disengaged in your own end. It's a problem right now.
1: I think that the wing is where he's going to end up. And it might be as soon as Thursday night in Minnesota. I think that at a certain point, Boudreau, who often adheres to the keep it simple, stupid philosophy, will just say, look, that worked. In an ideal world, we want one, two, three down the middle. Miller, Pedersen, and Horvat. But the reality of the situation is we're 0-3-1. He's struggling with the defensive side of the game. And to snap your fingers and say, hey, JT, be better at it, clearly isn't working because he's tried it. Miller said, I got to be better at these things, and maybe you're just fundamentally not. Move him to the wing. You become a much more in- – I mean, you're, you're much more dangerous with Miller on the wing if you put together the lotto line, for example. But you also relieve him of having to do these things, especially right now. Like maybe just a change of scenery in terms of positioning would be good because it's going so rotten for JT Miller. Yeah, That would be my guess. I mean, it, and this that the answer to that question uh, opens up the floodgates for a whole bunch of other questions and conversations and situations. But I think right now they're not they're they're not in desperation mode to where they played Demco last night to get a win. Right? Like just philosophically, they're not there. Spencer yet. Spencer Martin, probably you got. You well, got what I'm saying. I right? yeah, Remember yeah. we were dra- joking with Drance. Like, God, could you imagine if they're like with desperation time? We got to go Demco back to back. But they were desperate enough to. Rush Tyler Myers back into the lineup and Rush Ilya Mikheyev back into the lineup. Like they hopped the plane from Vancouver to Columbus in the middle of a trip to get back in.
0: Did they? I didn't know that. They weren't
1: on the trip. They were. I mean, that was the big thing was Dolly. when he tweeted it out, was saying he expected them to be skating at um, the Nationwide. No, no, Scotiabank. Oh, with Dermot. And they wasn't, they weren't there. Oh, anyway, point being. Right. um, There were a bunch of different moves that kind of led you to believe that the desperation is setting in, scratching Connor Garland, scratching Kyle, Kyle Burroughs. So if that's the case, I don't think that the next step of moving Miller to the wing would be that big of a leap. Like, you're just looking to find something right now, right? It,
0: it is interesting, though, because if if the conclusion is that, you know, long-term, J.T. Miller's better on the wing, doesn't that get Bo Horvat some... Heft in contract negotiations,
1: yeah, it, it, it does. I don't, but <laughs> I mean, Boudreaux's not is
0: gonna. That be- a, is that an issue that we could just deal with later? Like, right now, we're just trying to. It's also not a Boudreaux issue. Salvage- it. it's,
1: it's also not a Boudreaux issue. I mean, but, no, it's it, not a
0: Boudreaux right. issue, but it's a Canucks issue, and this is a Canucks show, so I'm not just talking about Boudreaux here. I,
1: no, I think Jay- but what would the argument be? Uh, that Alvine's gonna go down to Boudreaux and be like, "You can't play Miller uh, on the wing. You got to keep him at center because no, we're dude. in negotiations with Bo." Right? <laughs> that actually would be would be fun. hilarious if that happened.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It is uh, the team's not. It's not. It's not. Things are not going well right now. And uh, a lot of people texting in. You know, we're we gonna hear a Mount Bruff today. No, nah, you heard it yesterday, right? Like this isn't and barely, right? You know, Mike and I don't want this to happen. We're gonna we're gonna make the best of it. We're gonna have a few jokes about it because gallows humor is what we've got in Vancouver right now. But you know, I've had multiple conversations with people that cover this team, sitting there going like, "We we don't want this again. Like it is not good for business." When people text in and say, um, "Like there was a text right early on," and it was saying, "Oh, it's from David, the city worker." Hi, David. Yesterday was the first game I could have watched but chose not to. And I am thankful I didn't. I will still continue to listen and follow you guys, though. Your show is hilarious, and adding A-Dog was genius. Bring on the Death March.
1: I like the way Snrub thinks. <laughs> oh, we have the Death March clip, by the way. We no, 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 no. No, we're, no. Doing we're, we're,
0: no. we're, we're not doing that. Uh, as much as we have liked the addition of A-Dog, no, I am not ready to bring on the Death March.
1: I, not, I not even the jingle?
0: It is game- Five of the season coming up. We've had four games. People talking about the draft simulator. It's a long the long march. march. It's a long march. Like I, I honestly, I'm, I'm kind of. It's bad because I don't have any many more words to describe this start to the season. I, I realize that this is a newer NHL and that leads get blown more often than they used to, right? And we've mm-hmm. talked about this over the last few years. How the NHL no lead is safe now?
1: Clearly, you know. Clearly. If you look,
0: well, if you look last night, like Vegas had a two nothing lead on Calgary. Cal- Calgary came back to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston and Ottawa was a wild game. That was three nothing for I want to say Ottawa at one point. Boston came back and tied it, and then you know it went on and on. It was a, it was a wild night. Uh, we saw the other night in uh, Toronto. Arizona took a two nothing lead on. The Leafs and the Leafs storm yeah. back. So like blown leads, even multi-goal leads happen more and more now in the NHL, but not four times in a row to start the season. Like the Canucks set a record and not even to start the season. Just a good old like fashioned regular Nobody's record. done that in the NHL. Four straight games, blowing a multi-goal lead and losing the
1: games. And Can I just throw this out here? Um, this last one. I've seen a couple people text in Keith the grip being one of them, saying that you know if this game had existed in a vacuum they wouldn't have been upset. But on the heels of three consecutive multi goal leads blown, it's frustrating. I would push back on that. That Columbus team last night was not good, not good. There's a reason that team was winless to start the year and had to scratch and claw against an e- I mean at this point equally bad Canucks team. They they are not good. That blue line is not great. There's a few, they have more anonymous players than, I think, any other team in the NHL. Yeah. Like, who's Danforth? Where did he come from? Where's Blanken, Blankenberg guy was blowing up and getting blown up? Uh, Danforth is a highway, I believe. I had to ask him because I always hear about Ontarians Dan, talking about Danforth,
0: the, the guy that scored, and Blankenberg, the guy that was like everywhere. Yeah, he looked terrific. Like a little Blankenberg, like, who is hate? this guy? Oh, a little it's Blankenberg. His, oh, he's so good. Brought uh,
1: back, brought back like Alex Biega memories. Or, yeah, or he did. Lee Sweat. <laughs> he did. He's the new Lee Sweat. <laughs> he had Sweat Biega vibes, um, but they're not good. No, they're not. And that was a team that showed. Zero concern that they were down two nothing, and not a problem coming back against the Canucks. That is the like, when you go into a game against yeah. Vancouver, basically you, on a whiteboard you're writing up there. You're like, don't worry about your start because it doesn't matter.
0: And the sad part for the Canucks is like they had a really good response after Columbus tied it. They did at two. And, like Horvat scores, and I thought Horvat was really good last night. Petey was really good, uh, but the tying goal. From Johnny Gaudreau was really something to behold. Like you hear that you hear the word details a lot, and one of the issues that we've heard management had with Bruce Boudreau is he's not a details coach, right? There's some guys that are X's and O's details coaches, and there's some guys that are like good vibes coaches, like Bruce Boudreau. Bruce Boudreau is more of a motivator, right? Everyone loves Bruce Boudreau. Everyone loves to play. Uh, I for, love Bruce for Begrove. Bruce Bojo. I like Bruce Bojo, right? Like he's he's fun. He enjoys life, he loves hockey. That's great and all. But in terms of details on Johnny Hockey's tying goal, it was a terrible line change by the Canucks. Canucks. There was a confusion between Stillman and Luke Shen. And then Spencer Martin, I'm not putting this on the head coach or anything, but, like, he overplayed that puck pretty badly. Like, in that situation, when you've got a one-goal lead and you allow a player, even a guy like Johnny Hockey, who we all know is really talented, to go coast-to-coast on you, when you easily could have had a line change to get five guys behind the puck and for some reason you end up having like two or three guys behind the puck, and he still beats you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What it does to, you know, a confidence of a team, like,
1: it's not good. Well, when, and, when Boudreaux said, like, this team is almost waiting for something bad to happen or waiting for the bottom to fall out or something to cave in. And it's funny because, you know, like, all the things that led up to the Goudreaux goal Bad line change, overplaying by Martin. If they happen in almost any other circumstance, like any other time of the game, you maybe can shake it off. But it's almost one of these things where all the bad moments happen when things are already piling on this team. They have zero inability to like stem the tide. There is no tide being stemmed here. Things start to go badly, and it falls off a cliff. Now, I know that they came back and... Regained a three-two lead against the Blue Jackets yesterday, but then they promptly blew that lead. Like I get that they played reasonably well in the second half of the third period and probably should have scored, but they didn't. And then in overtime, my God! Like the amount of like I know overtime when you're not being really careful with puck possession turns into an odd man rush thing. I get it, but Columbus had a three-on-zero followed up by a two-on-one in relatively short succession. Yeah, because the Canucks were just like, you know what, we're we're just going, we're just going right, and that's fine. But to be in that position against a not very good Columbus team at Game Four or Five in a vitally important road trip—did you hear Shorty? He's like, he's like,
0: God, it feels like a playoff game here, or something like that. He, he didn't say playoff game. He said, mm-hmm. he said it was just like, uh, you know, like it, it shouldn't be this stressful. That yeah. was his message.
1: And there was there was a there was a sense of desperation from Columbus because they hadn't won a game yet, obviously, yeah. and they were at home and they wanted to do something on the season. And there was obviously a sense of desperation from the Canucks, but and we're going to
0: have that Thursday tomorrow in Minnesota because the wild haven't won yet. Oh. And they have very high expectations this season. Uh, they're going to be at home. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday, but the wild had a day off. I imagine they'll have a good focused practice today. And then they're going to be preparing for a Canucks team that it's, you know, probably spending today. I don't know if they're going to practice. They probably flew right out of Columbus yesterday, so they're probably they were, Minnesota they're in Minnesota right Minnesota now. Yeah, they're in Minnesota. But I, I, honestly, I don't know if they're going to practice, but this is a lineup that might need some changes. Like I don't know if you can keep throwing JT Miller out there at center. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux made some pretty significant line changes yesterday. It didn't get the desired result, although they got a point. They got a point. Uh, so the Canucks are – staring at this situation right in their face of if they lose to Minnesota tomorrow and they will be the underdogs in this game according to the betting lines believe me they might have their home opener on Saturday without a win in five games
1: yes that is well there's a very good possibility of that just based on well what, what good old Vegas says They said they'll be coming back home Saturday, October, what is it, October 22nd? The home opener against the Buffalo Sabres, who, by the way, won last night in Edmonton. They started off their Western swing. Like, that would be a very, very bad scenario. I actually, I know that already vibes going into Saturday night's home opener aren't going to be great. Even if they beat Minnesota, they're not going to be great. They're not going to be great. But if they lose to Minnesota, I just wonder how low the vibes will get. Because that's a very, very ominous thing. They'll be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NHL. I'll be at, at Elton
0: John next door at BC Place, going like I can feel the vibes from Rogers Arena. Like they're kind of affecting my enjoyment of the the concert here.
1: Elton John just looks nervous. Like yeah. what's happening? <laughs> Is this there something weird in the pull air over the audience? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I have a question co- for you. He, co-
0: he comes out there w- wearing a Canucks jersey, yeah. like hoping to like you know, curry him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Am I in the wrong city? <laughs> okay. a question for you, Michael. Will we oh, see yeah. custom-made Canucks Connor Bedard jerseys at the home opener? Still doing this, eh? Every Still day? going with that. Uh, it's it's gaining more momentum, by the way. I listened to the, the post-game show with the callers against my better judgment on the way in this morning. <laughs> and it's almost without fail that at least one caller will go the A-dog route and talk about how the silver lining here is they're inching closer and closer to Connor Bedard. Yes. Uh, It's game four games into a season (laughs) that, again, I remind you, the coach said would be a disaster if they missed the playoffs. So I'm not ready to do the Connor Bedard watch yet. We're not firing up the draft simulator. None of that is happening. But God bless you, Andy, for trying. Okay. You got that dog in you. Thank you. Okay. Um, We've got a lot more to get to on the Halford & Brough show on Sportsnet 650. Before we go to break, I do want to throw this out as a final capper on all of this. The lineup that you saw last night and the lineup that you are going to see in Minnesota, especially since Demko will be back in, that's the team, folks. That's the team. Well, Travis Dermott. Could, okay, so could. that's the team minus Travis Dermott. <laughs> that's the team. This is it. There's no. There's nothing on the horizon coming in to fix this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys that were out of the lineup. Yeah, but
0: Mikhaev was rusty yesterday. Okay. Right? Okay. So once he, Although, once he, once he shakes Boudreau that rust he, off.
1: Boudreaux said he liked Mikhaev's game and he liked... Um, Myers's game for coming back in having not played at all this. season. I thought Myers played okay. I thought he was fine. Yeah. But uh, the decisions that are ma- being made about lineups right now are are healthy scratches, not mm-hmm. not injury scratches. Yeah. Right? Like the reason Connor Garland didn't play last night is because Boudreaux wasn't happy with his play, and the reason that Kyle Burrows didn't play was because he wanted righty lefty. Although I still think it's crazy that the guy played nearly twenty five minutes one night and then was a healthy scratch the next night. That seems bizarre. And it wasn't oh, cuz he needed really. a rest. Not really. I it mean, wasn't cuz he you needed a rest. Bring in Myers,
0: you bring back Poolman, they're not gonna healthy scratch Luke Shen. Why not? Uh cuz he's
1: he's <laughs> he's the heart and soul, the heart of soul of the team. He's I, the heart I, and soul
0: of this team. He's fact, all we've
1: got. The, what? Burroughs <Burles> was <laughs> the heart and soul on, on Tuesday night. He was trying harder than anybody. You can't scratch these hardened souls guys, man. You but they, they can. They, and they will. I mean, Boudreaux said it himself, he's like, we could have scratch scratched a lot of guys. That's not a great thing yeah. for the coach to say. Boudreaux
0: was like, I wanted to dress eleven guys.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you will be scratched too. Me? Yeah, sure. Anyway, I'm just I'm just <laughs> venting now, and that's fine, because that's going to be part of the show today. Uh coming up on the Halford and Bruff Show on SportsNet 650. David Amber from Sportsnet is going to join us. We'll go around the NHL. It was a busy night last night. There were a lot of uh, fairly noteworthy results. Um, the, The Alberta teams, very different start to the season for Calgary, who's been great, and Edmonton, not so great. Just one and two over the three. All the California teams played as we pay attention to the Pacific Division. If there's one thing that you can take solace in right now, it's that the Vancouver Canucks are not the San Jose Sharks. They are terrible. And they might be the team that gets Connor Bernard after this is all said and done. So there's a lot to get into next with uh, David Amber from Sportsnet here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. 633 on a Wednesday, Halford and Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Let's go to the phone line, shall we? It is a Wednesday. It is 630 in the morning. That can only mean one thing. Oh, I got the index finger. Got the index finger from Andy and Laddie over there. They're working on an audio issue with David Amber from Sportsnet as we... Work to get him on the line. We've got him on the line now. Let's go to the phone lines. David Amber, Sportsnet's very own, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, hey. David. How are you?
2: Good. How you guys doing?
1: Uh, we're good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to do this. You know, we were curious. When you guys are parsing through all the stories that are currently ongoing in the NHL and all the narratives that you need to get to to lead off a show, where where does the Canucks setting NHL history by blowing four <laughs> consecutive multi-goal leads, all of them losses, where does that rank? Uh, we got to get to this tonight when you guys are on the desk.
2: Well, last night on Hockey Central, when they'd only blown three straight multi-goal leads to start a season, uh, it, it led our show. I mean, it led awesome. Hockey Central yesterday, leading into the Canucks game. Uh, I mean, it's a big storyline, and I'm not even—I mean, I'm not having fun with this. You guys know I—I I, I root for the Canadian teams, and I like this Canucks team. It, it's hard to watch this. I mean, we had Dan Murphy on last night, and I said. You know, it's like the sky is falling. We're playing clips of Boudreaux saying, you know, mentally fragile and all this. And I I go, Dan, we're eight days into the season. And he he looks (laughs) into the camera and he says, it feels like eight months. (laughs) And, you know, it's one thing if the Canucks started at home and this happened. I mean, it would be very difficult. But you go home, you, you kind of can get away from one another. I mean, these guys are sequestered as a team. Going through this together, those flights. I mean, what do you think that flight was like last night from Minnesota? I mean, not good. Yeah, not good. Really quiet. Um, I would imagine. The only thing I would say, guys, and this is you know this is a real sliver of a, a silver lining, if any, but it was a wild night in the NHL last night. Five different teams blew multi-goal leads yep. and lost. Yep. So look, the Canucks are not alone. I know Canucks fans are rolling their eyes, going, "Well, who cares?" But I mean, this is something we're seeing across the NHL, whether it's early in the season, systems aren't fully engaged yet, or there's a lack of discipline, or there's just incredible parity in the league, or whatever the case may be. You know, you know, that whole adage, no lead is safe, I don't know if that's exactly true, but certainly last night, no lead was safe in the NHL.
1: Jason mentioned that off the top, actually, like the Ottawa Boston game was nuts, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah, Calgary is mm-hmm. trailing two nothing, and then they rallied to win three two. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like comebacks were definitely on the ledger. The difference here, as we kind of we look at like Murph's line, eight eight days feels like eight months is perfect because it were four losses into a season. They've already had a players only meeting. The head coach yeah. has already very publicly scratched a veteran skater. Uh, They brought back two guys into the lineup yesterday and Mikhaev and Myers to try and, for lack of a better term, solve things. So Mm -hmm. all the stuff that you would expect to play out maybe over the first four months of the season has played out in the first four games. And that's because this was a high-stakes season for the Canucks. And other teams will blow leads, sure. But here, there's that added pressure of, you know, Boudreaux saying not making the playoffs this year would be a disaster for us.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd like to be, you know, half glass full and say, well, you know, St. Louis was last in the overall NHL on January 3rd and they won the Stanley Cup. You know, St. Louis had Alex Petrangelo and Joel Edmondson and, and a, you know, a bunch of Robert Portuzzo and a bunch of big, bruising, tough defensive minded defensemen who can defend. And they had a goaltender, you know, play completely out of his mind for four months in Jordan Binnington, Um, you know, Vancouver, the makeup of this Vancouver team is different. They're not buried yet. I mean, let's not let's not get crazy here. But they put themselves in a situation where, you know, <laughs> they're they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to accumulate some points. And here's the one thing I'll say: when I saw Vancouver's opening um, schedule, I said, "Oh boy, you know, it's never easy to start on the road at like in this situation. You're traveling to three different time zones and all the rest." You're going into you're having teams have their home openers, season openers, and it's not easy. Those are hard environments to play in, right? And I said, you know, oh god, the way this goes, they might only get four points out of ten. You know, I assumed like that was sort of worst case scenario. Yeah, they'll go two and three, or they'll go you know one, you know one two and two type thing and grab four points. And now we're looking at a scenario where they they'll be hopeful, obviously, to get two points coming home for for their home opener on Saturday. So it's really tough. Um, you know, I I don't want to you don't want to overemphasize this. I mean, there's still 78 games to play, and I it's just you don't want the sky is falling attitude. But you know, there's difference in losses and then mm-hmm. those types of losses where it's literally the rug is pulled out from under you. So I it's it's I'm interested to see you know psychologically how this team rebounds, and they're playing a Minnesota team that's going to be equally if not more desperate. They've been absolutely embarrassed in three games at home, and they've given up 20 goals. So. You're not going to get any sympathy from from the wild, and they're going to come out pretty fierce and ferocious, uh, you know, on Thursday as well. So it's a tough it's a tough start to the season, but uh, lots of hockey left. You mentioned the word psychologically there,
0: and um, Bruce Boudreaux calling the Canucks mentally weak. Um, Sheldon Keith not very happy with his Toronto Maple Leafs either, and it seems like there is some comparisons to be drawn between the Canucks and the Leafs, and that comparison would be that I feel like the fan base just questions the overall psychological makeup of the core at times. Is that fair to say in Toronto?
2: Yeah, I mean, people have just wondered why this group hasn't been able to get over the hump because the skill is there. Um, and, and, you know, you, you feel like the will is there. It's not like these guys don't want to win. It's not like they don't want to perform. But there's something that they hit, whether it's a mental roadblock or, you know, it's just suddenly the world kind of caves in on them. And, you know, to lose five straight elimination games, you know, in the first round, right, like five straight times, it's been a winner take all scenario. And, you know, three of those four or three of those five times have been on on home ice as well. You kind of go, what the heck's going on here? You know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think there's some questions here in Toronto. They're different questions. People are you know, the you guys have a, a goaltender in Thatcher Demko who no one's questioning. Everyone loves the fact, you know, he's he's a future, you know, all star and and you know, could be a Destiny a candidate every year he's he has that pedigree. And the Leafs, you know, were starting their third string goalie you know, against Arizona on Monday. So there's big questions surrounding the Leafs, uh, different questions um that maybe are surrounding the Vancouver Canucks. But I think the fan bases both feel like they've been through, you know, hell and back <laughs> for a number of years. So I, I think that that's where the similarity lies. And the question mark is, can that existing group, like we run it back here in Toronto uh, you know, they haven't broken up that core for the the big offensive stars. And there's a lot of questions. Well, why do we keep bringing all four guys back? It's not working. We've got to change up the the makeup of the team. And, and Kyle Dubas has sort of said, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to stick with this group. We're a good group. We've shown that. Um, and in Vancouver, same thing. It's been some tweaking, but they haven't really maybe changed the whole philosophical approach. And and I'm sure a lot of Canucks fans were up in arms, right, in the offseason that a defenseman wasn't added. And they added some nice offensive complimentary pieces but it's like hey where's that stud defenseman that
1: we need. We're speaking to SportsNet's David Amber here on the Halford and Bruff show on SportsNet 650 um just to further twist the knife into Canucks fans. Backs now I will mention the unbelievable start that the Calgary Flames are off to this season. There's a bunch of teams that are started the season perfect that got off to 3 and 0. I think Calgary's might be the most impressive when you consider who they've beaten. I know there were certain circumstances I know they got the Avalanche, a bit of a tired Avalanche team, but they beat the defending Stanley Cup champs 5 3. They beat the team that the Avs beat to get to the Stanley Cup, the Edmonton Oilers 4 3. And then last night in the Battle of the Undefeated, Calgary beats the Golden Knights 3 2. So that's 3 and 0 with three really quality wins from the Flames.
2: Yeah, it's the exact opposite of, of how Vancouver and essentially Toronto have started their seasons. And yeah. now they have an eight stand. So they could really get some some you know, strength of, of positioning here where, you know, they could pad a little bit, you know, give themselves a little bit of a buffer for those rough times and the dog days of the, of the, of the season last night, what impressed me most was that that third period, it was completely dominant. I mean, it was, the, the ice was completely tilted. Logan Thompson was bombarded with shots and, you know, Calgary. And I said this after they made the deal, I said, wow, I wonder if this Calgary team's better this year, believe it or not, than the team that set all those franchise records last year, simply, you know, simply because, you know, I think Uyghur is that X factor, you know, the the Goodrow, Kachuk, Huberto, Kadri, you know, you can make a lot of different arguments there about who wins with those four, but then you, you add Uyghur to the mix, and it's that extra depth defenseman. We know Shillington hasn't played this year. We know Tana got injured in the playoffs last year, and, and that blue line is just formidable. So, you know, I really like this Calgary team. They're a very hot pick. On Monday, the first edition of Rogers Monday Night Hockey, I asked our panel, Keith Yandel, Anson Carter, Cassie Campbell Pascoe, who did they like uh, as far as Canada's best bet to bring the cup back to Canada? Um, which Canadian team? And they all three of them, and they didn't discuss it. It was sort of like on the moment, like, what do you think? They all said Calgary. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Um, as much as I like what Edmonton was able to do last year, and obviously the Leafs and Canucks and Jets, there's there's things to like about all these teams. I think you'd be crazy at this point not to think Calgary has the best chance because just top to bottom from their goalie out, they are the best team in Canada.
0: It's funny, when you look at the Flames roster, they've got everything that the Canucks would love to have. Like They've got too many right-shot defensemen. They've got <laughs> Mackenzie Wieger and Chris Tanev on a pair together. They've got depth on the blue line, which you just mentioned, you know, Wieger, Tanev, Hanifin, Rasmus, Anderson, mm. Shillington hasn't played yet. And if you look at their centers, like, they might not, like, these three guys, Lindholm, Kadri, and Backlund, like, I don't think any of them are ever going to win the Hart Trophy, but they're all defensively responsible, really good two-way centers. And with a coach like Daryl Sutter, when he has those types of centers at his disposal, and that deep of defense, and Jacob Markstrom, if he's playing well, man, like, that team's going to be tough to score on. That's going to be That team's going to be tough to beat, and I think that's really what it takes to win in the NHL.
2: You know what, 100%. I was on Haley Sal- Salvium's uh, show last week, and she brought up the fact that there's just more balance on this Flames team than there was a year ago. That top line was so good last year, but I think they scored – I want to say 44% of Calgary's goals. And that's asking a lot, you know, the Goodrell, Lindholm, Kachuk line. They were they were the best line in hockey, quite frankly, in my opinion. Uh, but then, the, you know, in the playoffs, you know, Dallas was game planning against them. And then Edmonton was game planning against them. And it was really asking, you know, the Mangiapanis and the Toffolis and these other guys to have to do maybe more than they wanted. Um, or could, not that they wanted, than they were maybe capable of. But now you have way more balance, right? You have Kadri there manning the second line, or you could argue which line's the first line and which line's the second line. You just have you have such a formidable top six, and um, it's going to be really hard matchup nightmares for a lot of coaches. And, you know, Kadri brings an element that Johnny Gaudreau doesn't bring. That's the bottom line. Kadri is a pain to play against. You know, he's just a, a thorn in your side to play against. And Connor McDavid even said it. He's like, oh man, i got to deal with Kadri. And it's a different animal. And we saw how effective he can be in the playoffs. So they are, they are a much better team. I think the point you just made, the, the balance up the middle, the fact that they can, they can outscore you. They, if you want a running gun, they're, they're comfortable doing that. But they're much more comfortable playing a defensive style and kind of you know, wearing you down. And I think that's what happened yesterday. Vegas came out nicely. And then by the third period, Calgary was just wearing them down to the point that it was a very lopsided game
1: uh Wednesday night hockey you've got Winnipeg and Colorado tonight that's on Sportsnet West and Sportsnet what's a busy sports night you get the ALCS the NLCS you got basketball but uh there will be some hockey tonight it's a light night on the schedule but David enjoy it that should be a good one between Winnipeg and Colorado we will do this again uh next Wednesday
2: yeah thanks again for having me on guys and I'm fingers crossed I i I really you know, hope next time I come on we can talk some positive stuff about the Canucks. I know the fans are dying for some wins, and I'd love to see the team. Let's get Boudreaux to 600th and go from there, right? Yeah,
1: no doubt. Well, let's hope that things turn themselves around starting Thursday. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, bud. Take care, guys. Uh, David Amber from Sportsnet here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
0: Yeah, that Flames team is looking real good, and I think we all wonder just how it would all come together because I think in the NHL sometimes you, you get in the uh, – the habit of like plug and play and you're kind of like, all right, this is going to work, right? This guy will go here. This guy will go here. Well, sometimes it works. Sometimes the chemistry is just off. But if you look at this lineup, I think everyone that knows a little bit about hockey looks at the lineup and goes, man, they got, they, they, they got so much depth everywhere and so much balance. Mm. You know, I mentioned down the middle, Lindholm, Caudry and Backlund. Those are, that's, Three really solid two-way centers. Huberto, one of the best playmaking wingers in the NHL, and then you've got guys like Toffoli and Blake Coleman that are that are wingers that have won Stanley Cups before, so they know what it takes. Mm-hmm. The defense is deep. No shortage of right shot guys. You know, if Jacob Markstrom, I, I I still don't know what happened to Markey in the Oilers series. I I think the whole. Flames' team was just off in that series for whatever reason. I I don't know what happened in that series other than the Oilers can score goals. Yep. You know, and maybe that first game, remember that wild and crazy game that Calgary actually won? Maybe that just threw off the balance of the series for Calgary and they forgot what got them there. I I don't know, right? But if you look at this team right now, this is a very complete
1: team. The only question with Calgary was whether or not the pieces were going to gel.
0: Yeah, we yeah, exactly, I exactly.
1: Mean, no one's naive, again, if you were one of those people that thinks the entire game uh, that you draw out on paper is going to translate to ice, then I don't know what to tell you. There's certain times where guys get traded somewhere it just doesn't work, and then when you ask them why it doesn't work, they look at you and they say, it just didn't work, and that's the analysis. I remember, and I always bring up Yannick yeah. Hansen because I remember talking to him not long after his career was over, and I'm like, what happened in San Jose? How did you go from being such a, useful, resourceful, ener- energetic player <laughs> yeah, that can would play se- up and down the lineup. seemingly fit anywhere because yeah. his game's predicated on hard work. And he's like, just it didn't fit. It wasn't mm-hmm. a fit. I never fit in there. And that's that was unfortunate because that was the end of his NHL career. So with Calgary, on paper, you're like, yeah, this all makes sense. This all fits. Yeah, this guy goes here, this ca- guy goes there. Ca- that guy ca- ca- replaces ca- that guy. Calgary sl- slides into the two C. Hubert goes, yeah. But you just don't know until you see it play out in real time. So that's why I brought it up to David. Like, not only did the Flames get off to a 3-0 and start, I like that's a really tough start to the schedule. You mm-hmm. get the defending Stanley Cup champs. I don't care if they're playing three back-to-backs, back-to-back-to-back. They're going to be good. You get the Battle of Alberta, which is always a test. And then you get a Vegas team that comes in undefeated itself. Like, that is a very good start to the season for the Flames. Flames fans should be happy, which is great. Just great. Flames fans can be happy. That's awesome.
0: Are we just hoping now that Edmonton underachieves? Because if you look at Calgary, how good they look, Vegas looks pretty good as well.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I I don't have much faith that Edmonton's not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, me me neither. Unless, honestly, the only way I could see it happening is if one of McDavid or Drysaddle gets injured and misses significantly. What
0: if Campbell isn't a fit? Like it just doesn't work for Jack Campbell in Edmonton. Just he's not
1: game. off to a great start,
0: but it's very early. put Skinner in. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I know. But still, you think that you think they're just a good enough team that can get there with average goaltending. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I agree.
1: And so so now you're looking at it, and Vegas appears to be pretty good. Early returns on Logan Thompson, or he's more than capable of being an adequate netminder for a really good team that's healthy in front of him. Mm-hmm. Calgary's Calgary, Edmonton's Edmonton. Y'all talking goalies. Yeah, we're all y'all talking goalies. By the way, speaking of goalies, are the Buffalo Sabres really rolling with a Craig Anderson-Eric Comrie, Comrie yeah. combo? Comrie played really well oh, last, last night. Comrie had 46 I, saves last night against I the have all the time in the world for Eric Comrie. I think he is an underrated talent. Does he have any time for you? He does, actually. I've oh, okay, interviewed him on multiple occasions. Oh, good, good. Oh, okay. Um, right. So tell me... I think he has time for me. Uh, last I checked. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, who? Uh, tell me... About the long-term viability of a Craig Anderson, Eric Comrie goaltending duo. Well, Craig Anderson's about to be forty-two, right? Like, I don't know if so. Uh, I don't he's think old. that's he old. I don't think that's a long-term uh, option there. But Eric mm-hmm. Comrie certainly—he's uh, been a guy who's been one of those highly touted goalies who never panned out yet. Uh, has a chance to take the ball and run with it in Buffalo. I—I I think he could be a. Uh, a viable option for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll, well, we're going to get it to see it on Saturday mm-hmm. when the, the, uh, the Sabres come into Vancouver for the Canucks season opener home opener, sorry, which uh, is shaping up to be a real exciting affair. I guess a lot depends on what happens in Minnesota on Thursday.
0: Uh, so in the next segment, we've got an open segment. So feel free to text into the Dunbar lumber text line. We'll talk about the Canucks and talk about anything in the sports world, but I think we're going to focus mostly on the Canucks. Um, I've got a few questions about this team. Um, I want to revisit the conversation on JT Miller. What are they going to do with this guy right now in terms of does Bruce Boudreau think that JT Miller can play center the way he's playing right now? And if not, how does that? How could that shake up the lines? Um, why was it Connor Garland that was scratched last night? Um, who is still injured? I guess only Travis Dermott now? Among the regulars.
1: I think we went through it last, that exercise. This and is the team, except for Dermot. Canucks minus Dermott. That's the team.
0: And what are they going to do with Jack Rathbone? There's one game left on this road trip in Minnesota tomorrow before they come home. Uh, is If Jack Rathbone is just going to sit in the press box and not play, then shouldn't you just go back to Abbotsford and actually play some games? He's waiver exempt, so just head down there. We can discuss this on the other side of the Halford and Bruff show. Again, though, feel free to text in all your comments into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. If you feel like uh, getting angry at Halford or I or Laddie or A-Dog just because you're frustrated about the Canucks, feel free to do that as well if you want to vent a little bit. That's always fun. Um, It hasn't been a fun start to the Vancouver Canucks season. Four games, four multi-goal leads blown Zero wins. They are looking at the prospect of their home opener Saturday against Buffalo. If they don't get a win against Minnesota tomorrow, they're going to be 0 for 5 in games. In a season where everyone said they needed to start better than last season. They're starting worse <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Halford and Prof. Show on Sportsnet 650.